1: another episode of the championship roundtable podcast i'm your host james vickers you can reach us on the show on our twitter page which is at championship pod and you can also follow me on my personal twitter page which is at underscore james vickers
2: hi i'm russ goldman the host of cottage talk which is a podcast all about phone football club you can follow me on twitter russ underscore goldman and also at the show's twitter account simply cottage talk
3: Hi, I'm Rob Miles. I'm the editor of Tykes Mad, long-suffering Barnsley FC supporter. You can find me at 21tyke on Twitter or at www.barnsley-mad.co.uk.
1: Yeah, thank you for joining me today, guys. Uh, I'm especially glad when I get Russ on because it means I don't have to uh, take us through the rundown of the, uh, the results over the weekend. So Thanks, I'll pass James. it over to you, Russ. Yeah, no, you're welcome. If, uh, yeah, if you want to give us a rundown of the results this weekend, then, then we can sort of jump into discussion about that.
2: Absolutely. Well, let's start with Friday night because it actually involves my club, Fulham. Uh, They survived playing Sunderland. They won two to one at Craven Cottage. It was a nervy match, but they got the victory. Now we're going to transition. Let's talk about Saturday's matches. And unfortunately, now I have to mention the match that affects Fulham, which is uh, Cardiff on the road beating Hell City 2-0. Then you have Aston Villa and Derby playing to a 1-1 draw. And then you have Barnsley with a very good victory, beating Brentford 2-0. After that, we have Burton beating Bolton 2-0. Norwich beats Leeds 2-1. Nottingham Forest and Bristol City play to a 0-0 draw. Now we have QPR beating Birmingham City 3-1. The shocker for me is Ipswich Town on the road beating Reading 4-0. You have Preston North End beating Sheffield United 1-0. Then you have uh, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers and Sheffield Wednesday playing to a nil-nil draw. And finally, later on on Saturday, you have Middlesbrough beating Millwall 2-0. Okay, guys, let's now talk about these matches. And uh, James, I'm going to start with you. What was the best win for the weekend for you?
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple that you could sort of highlight. I think it's easy to go to the, the Ipswich game at Reading, you know, to go down there and win 4-0. Um Ipswich not a lot to play for so you know especially surprising that they go down there you know Put four goals past a Reading team, a Reading that, team that when Preston plan. played them a few yeah. weeks ago Together. were quite, well, impressive, quite impressive, quite organised at, at the back. At the back. Um, and, you know, I didn't really see that one coming. If I was to have had a bet on that, I probably would have said that would have been a tight game and, you know, maybe a draw would be sort of the result that you'd look at. Um, the, sort of the other real surprise for me, and I, I know this is great for you, Rob, the Barnsley result against Brentford. Yeah. And the thing that I've said with Brentford all season is, you know, sure they play arguably the best football in the division, but they're very hit and miss at times. And I think that was definitely highlighted yesterday where, you know, luckily for Barnsley, they can get three points on the board at this crucial stage of the season. But, you know, to go to Brentford, um, sort of their sort of season as a whole has been, you know, quite inconsistent. So that'd be sort of the main surprise result. Uh, The other one that I touch on and, you know, as from a bias point of view Um, It'd be the Preston win away at Sheffield United. We, for the most part this season, have been very good away from home. But over the last few weeks, we've struggled a little bit. And, you know, Sheffield United have proved time and time again this season that you know they do belong in the championship and they you know have turned themselves into a very competitive championship side so to go there get the win 1-0 and you know really keep our playoff sort of bid alive albeit we need sort of a helping hand from Barnsley on the last day to beat Derby you know really impressed um it wasn't the typical north end sort of performance that you've come to expect it was quite a dogged and you know, we ground out the result and, you know, there were bodies sort of on the line towards the end that it it was a really nervy final 10 minutes. But I think definitely they're the three games that I'd pick up as sort of my games of the weekend. Um, I'd be interested to get your thoughts Russ, if if you agree with them or if you had any others that you'd sort of like to highlight.
2: Well, for me, the best win, and it's going to kill me to say it has to be Cardiff city beating Hull city because they needed all three points. And that to me was the best win. They were under pressure because Fulham won their match Friday night and they got uh, all three points. They needed it. They were on the road and they got it done. But I would say co win. definitely want, want to talk a little bit more about the Barnsley victory. And, and what's interesting about that, and uh, James, I think you did a very good job of talking about, about uh, Brentford, is that you never know what you're going to get with that team because— they play us. They play us very hard, and uh, we we drew against them. But then they can lay these eggs, and uh, it's just it, it's very interesting. They're just not consistent enough. That's why they're not in the top six. They deserve to be where they are because it they lack that consistency. But that's a great victory from Bronsley. But for me, the surprise win has to be Ipswich Town beating. Uh, Reading uh, 4-0 that to me is, is the biggest surprise because I wasn't seeing that coming so those are the matches that I look at and in our match it, it's funny because uh, on my show Cottage Talk I'll just mention this quickly I had on uh, a Sunderland supporter who I felt so bad for at the time again we're going to be talking about Sunderland in a little bit and he was so down And I, an older gentleman I felt so bad for him and I, I asked him you know I. To give me a prediction. He was predicting 3 0 to Fulham, and uh, he just uh, he just wanted to keep it down, keep the score down, and he didn't see much of a chance of his side. And then, of course, y- you know, uh, it's not how it went, and I want to give Sunderland a, a huge amount of credit. They played very well against Fulham, and Fulham had to do everything that they could just to get the 2 1 victory. So, Rob, over to you. How about your matches?
3: Uh, yeah, well, obviously, it's probably a bit biased, but I think Kaz is for the the standout result. Um, I don't think anyone, even in Barnsley, expected us to win yesterday. We um, we sort of all accepted we were going down after Tuesday. That was like the big game for us at Nottingham us. It was our game in hand, which we everyone said we needed to win. There was no no the result would have been good enough. We got outplayed, out outfought. There was chance of the manager to go. Uh, the players came over to applaud the fans at the end, and we we're getting booed off. So I think there was sort of a, an acceptance. On Saturday, that we were we were down even before the game. You could you could sort of see no one was really up for the game. Uh, They did the player of the year before, and the guy that got it has only been with us since February. Oliver McBurney, one of our fans, player of the year, he's been with us since the third of February, which I think just shows the lack of sort of affection for the rest of the players. Um, And it was just the most real game. We 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 outplayed Brentford. I thought they were very very poor. they're, they're a team that I admire greatly. I think as as James said before, they probably do play the best football in the division, and they I I actually can't remember them having a shot on goal. We were we were, we were excellent. It's I just want to know where that team has been for the past forty four games because what I've seen previously is is nothing like what they they, they produced on Saturday. We could have won four or five nil. Uh, keep them wow. almost two wow. keep them two open goals um, at two nil, uh, and 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 the atmosphere as well. Once we got the first goal, there was sort of like, oh, oh, wait a minute, we, we might be we might be doing something here. Um, but then there's always the sort of the, the risk because the last couple of games we've we've been leading at halftime and then we have a really dodgy 10 minute spell after the after the break and we find ourselves two one down. So there's still anxiety around the ground. But once once we got the second goal, the, everybody was just together. It was just an incredible atmosphere. Probably for me I think probably the best game I've been to this season for us in terms of you know just the, the atmosphere and, and at the end. And and now there's there's some belief. I don't think we're going to win at Derby. i um, I'll be totally honest. Awesome. I'm sorry for, for all you that want us to, to beat Derby, but I, I can't see it. I, I, me you know, me only, especially. Yes, you <laughs> especially, James, I know. They, they only need a point as well to confirm the playoffs. So uh, as, much as, a, as much as I think we need to win, I, I don't think we will. But yeah, definitely as is the standout game for me. But um, also Preston as well. To, to get three points at Sheffield United, that, that is a very, very tough place to go. I think there's only 30,000 there. Good point. Uh, on Saturday it was a winner-take-all game. Whoever lost was going to be out of the race. So for Preston to go there and get that win, I think that's a that's a fantastic result.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you there. I, you know, before the game, I was quite nervous and, you know, <laughs> I've probably been used to it, but, you know, over the years with Preston, I've taught myself not to get sort of my hopes up too much but yeah we were absolutely fantastic yesterday at doing the, the basics and you know defending towards the end and it was you know nervy final 10 minutes as I've already said but you know absolutely delighted that we we kept that sort of playoff push alive you know it is still a slim chance that we'll get in there and we do need sort of favours on the last day but you know I think any Preston fan would have taken that at the start of the season especially when we lost Simon Grayson on the first day of preseason to go into the last game with, uh, you know, a chance at the playoffs sort of still there. I think, you know, even the the most optimistic Preston fan, you know, couldn't have asked for much more. Um, I wanted just to ask you, Russ, obviously, sure. you, Fulham still in with a shout at the Automatics. Um, How do you sort of see the last day going? Do you reckon that there is, you know, sort of a slim chance there, especially after the Reading result? Um, obviously, they go to Cardiff, uh, you know, a team that... <laughs> I think for the most part this season, I've I've expected them to drop off. Similar to, well, actually, Reading last season, you know, there was always that sort of doubt in the back of your mind that you know they'll get found out eventually or they'll drop off. And you know, credit to Neil Warnock, he might not be everyone's cup of tea, but he's he's really got them playing sort of the way he wants them to, and they're grinding out results. Do you see you've been able to catch them on the last day, or, or do you think at the moment it is just a case of Fulham and Cardiff both win and they'll just beat you to automatics?
2: It's a hard one, and uh, it's very hard to depend on Redding, and uh, Redding knocked Fulham out of the playoffs last season, so now I'm depending on them to help me out, which is uh, crazy in itself. The one thing that I will say, and I'm glad that you mentioned Cardiff. I want to give Cardiff full credit. I want to give Neil Warnock full credit. But, guys, if I had to watch that team each and every week, I think I might just blow my head off. Uh, I've watched them the last several weeks. (laughs) And they are difficult to watch. That's all I'm going to say. It, it's effective. It works. But that team is <coughs> hard to watch. That's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, typical. Uh, typical. I completely agree team. with you. Yeah. yeah, they're just, again, it's long balls. It's, it's waiting for you to make a mistake, which, again, is extremely effective. They score on set pieces. Great. Fantastic. But each and every week, I think uh, it's got to be hard to watch them because I'm having a hard time watching them can imagine being a fan, but the fans are are behind them and they should be because this has been a wonderful season. I just personally just don't like the style. Don't like Warnock, but they're in the driver's seat. So getting back to Fulham to depend on Reading is going to be difficult. So Fulham can only do what they can do. My only hope, James, my only hope is the fact that Reading now is in a relegation battle. Seriously, where they could get relegated. They need something from this match. My only hope is that they give it everything they they can to get the draw. Because if they get the draw, Fulham have a chance. And that's the way I'm looking at it. But I would put it 10%. Yeah, I
1: think definitely, you know, same situation. that You know, all our teams find ourselves in going into the last day. You'd rather have your your fate in your own hands than, than relying on other teams. But, yeah, I think probably Cardiff might just have a bit too much for Reading but you know you never know you, you wouldn't have expected as we mentioned earlier Rob you know Barnsley to, to get that result against Brentford mm, yesterday right. so anything's possible and you know with everyone playing at the same time I'm sure there's going to be plenty of twists and turns come Sunday Um, and I'm sure the table will probably change yeah. you know countless times before the final whistles are blown at, you know probably around the three o'clock mark Um, but uh, obviously we touched on Fulham there and you know who's going to go up automatically. I wanted to sort of first of all switch attention to the the final playoff place. Um, obviously, Derby and Preston, the two teams that can still sneak in there. From obviously my point of view, I'd love Preston to get in there. I, I've never sort of in my wildest dreams expected us to have this good of a season and you know be in contention going into the last game, as I, as I already mentioned. Uh, sort of as two neutrals for it, um, I know obviously Barnsley will need to do us a favor, Rob, and you know, oh, yeah. I'm sure for your sake that you're hoping that you get the win out of that sort of two teams going into the playoffs, who do you first of all expect to get into the playoffs and then going off sort of the table as it is now, I think, you know, it's probably safe betting that that top six more than likely stay the same. How do you see the actual playoffs going as a whole and who do you think could be best place to win it?
2: Are you talking to me, James? I'm sorry.
1: Uh, either or. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, Uh, I do think that Darby will get a point like uh, Rob was talking about. That's that's a difficult situation for you to be in, James. Uh, But like you said, anything can happen. We're talking about Fulham. It's the same exact thing. But if I were to put odds on it, I put Darby staying and and the top six staying where they are. Now, this is just my thoughts on this because Fulham were in the playoffs last season. And and if it falls the way that that it is, it would be Fulham playing Darby and Darby. Nothing against Darby, but I feel decent about that matchup because I think we match up extremely well with them, the way they play compared to the way we play. And uh, the way I'm looking at it, this is from a foam perspective and the way I'm looking at the playoffs. If uh, foam get by Darby, I have full faith that they can win at Wembley Stadium because, one, they've learned from what happened last time around in the playoffs, and two, I think we are more built to play at Wembley Stadium, the way the what the, the way the pitch is, how how large the pitch is, placed to our strengths, our passing game, and and the fact that we have Mitrovic now, I like our chances. In fact, I think Fulham should be the favorites if they get by Darby County. If Darby County is the team that they end up playing, I like Fulham's chances to to win autom- not win automatic promotion, obviously win through the playoffs. That's the way I'm looking at it. But but uh, yeah. Any one of these teams could do it. Middlesbrough team, I fear, too. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. But I like Fulham's chances. Especially when Fulham
3: will be owning Wembley soon, with the sounds of it.
2: (laughs) Yes, well, that's a a strong possibility.
0: (laughs) Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
1: Yeah, and the same question to you, Rob. How do you sort of see the, the playoffs going if the, the top six was to stay the same?
3: Uh, if it was to stay the it is, I, I, can, I can see Fulham. I was thinking before, if, if, if Fulham do fail to finish second on, on Sunday, I can see them winning the playoffs. But if Cardiff slipped up, I don't think Cardiff would win the playoffs. So it's... I thought, Look at your teams in there. I mean, Fulham to go, what, half a season undefeated in, in this division... It's yeah. such a tough, tough league. To, that's that's nothing short of an incredible achievement. 23 games, half a season. Um, and they do look so much more equipped. They've got Mitrovic. Was it 12 goals in 13 games? Gosh. That's what you need in this league. If you have a, The thing that gets you promoted in this league is Rob, a good he's, striker.
2: He's been the difference for the second yeah. half of the season.
3: I'm, I'm being honest. Yeah. It's true. It's yeah. You know, if you've got... Even if you can't see goals, if you've got a striker that can get you goals, you're going to get out of this league. And they just look so much more, more equipped than... And the others, you look at, like, Middlesbrough's been a bit rocky. Derby, you know, have run a bit of a bad run. I know they got the win um, midweek against Cardiff, but they're, they're not really in form. Uh, Who well, in Villa? Well, you never know what you're going to get with Villa. One minute they could win 4-0, the next they can lose 4-0. So if it stays as it is, I think my money would be on Fulham. But hope okay. you know, it doesn't stay as it is, they hope Preston getting ahead of Derby, obviously.
2: Can I just say one thing about if Preston get in, James?
1: I know exactly what you're going to say as well. Okay,
2: I, I, I'm very worried about if it's Preston because it's the matchup again. We're going back to the matchups. Your team matches up very well with Fulham, and it would be a completely different kettle of fish for me. Uh, I have much respect for Preston North and the way they play, the way Alex Neal sets you up. It's a tougher matchup for Fulham, I think. Nothing against Darby County. I like Darby County. I like Andy and and, and the Derby County supporters. But if I'm being honest and I look at the matchups, I know who matches up better against Fulham. That's Preston North End.
1: Yeah, I think sort of out of the sort of the teams in the top six, I think even though obviously you came out on top at Deepdale and we sort of unfortunately got the draw down at Craven Cottage, which, you know, seems daft to say now, considering where you are in the table. But, you know, that was a game we should have won until we, we gifted yeah. you the goal right at the end. I think Fulham are the team that, you know, even though they're on the best run in the league at the moment, is the team in the top six that we have looked sort of the best against I think as you said yeah we do match up quite well the way we play kind of counters the way you play quite nicely and I think if if we did get into the playoffs I think um you know I'm already sick of the sight of Mitrovic from (laughs) especially when we played Newcastle last season and then Fulham this season um after you'd signed him I think you know I'd probably be even more sick of the sight of him you know come the end of those two legs but I think even if we did sneak into the playoffs uh, you know obviously anything can happen in football but I I, I think we'd be the f- the biggest outsider in the playoffs I don't think there'd be many bookmakers or, or sort of neutrals that would give us much of a chance. But, you know, football's not one on on paper, it's one on the pitch. No. And, you know, you never know. But I think definitely I agree with you, Rob. If if uh, Cardiff come into the playoffs, I can't see them winning the playoffs. Um, if Fulham stay in the playoffs, I think they're the team to beat. And, you know, they've shown it over the the second half of the season. You know, momentum is key. And if you go into the playoffs, you know, on the back of this excellent run, um, and I think as well, to to agree with the point you made, Russ, that I think out of the four teams that are in there at the moment, that Wembley pitch, you know, would suit you down yeah. to a T. Players That's like the way Session, I'm looking at it.
2: I think that's a huge factor if we get to Wembley.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, players like Sessegnon, you know, there's more space for people like Kearney. <laughs> Um, And I think, you know, you do fantastically well there. Um, I just wanted to quickly ask you, actually, I hadn't planned this, but obviously there's a lot of talk at the moment about the World Cup squad. And there's always, you know, tends to be a surprise name. We had Phil Walcott all those years ago got in there. Do you reckon Sessegnon could be in line for a a call up to the World Cup squad? I know Gareth Southgate sort of the system he played would suit Cessignon quite well. Um, yeah. Not that I'd expect him to start, but if, if he did go, you know, he's he's a player who can play multiple positions and, you know, he'd be a good player to have around the squad. And I think in future World Cups, he will be a player that's in there. Can you see him uh, getting a surprise call up and going to the World Cup?
2: I would love to see it. I just don't know if he will do that And talking about Gareth Southgate. I, w- I think that he's good enough and and that's crazy to say at his age. I think he's good enough to go right now. I've watched now two seasons of Ryan Session, and I've seen the growth of him as a player. I've mentioned to you several times that I see him better playing further up the pitch. He can play left back, so if you put him there, he's not going to hurt you. I just think he's more dangerous the closer he is to goal. And the thing about him is that uh, he will just pounce on any mistake that he sees. He's extremely instinctive. And I think in a World Cup atmosphere, he will not – be afraid of the stage and the stage is huge this kid has huge confidence so for me he could walk in and just be the same player that I've seen right now and I don't think he would be afraid of the moment I think he would embrace it and the funny thing about it is he's just waiting for a mistake and he will then just pounce and he's just one of those players that is very good around the the box. He's always lurking. You might not see him for 45, 50 minutes and asking yourself, where's Ryan Session? If you watched our match against Millwall and Millwall fans, and I've seen comments on it, they're they're like, well, we neutralized him in the first half. What happened at the beginning of the second half? He scores. That's Ryan Session. At such a young age, to have that talent, to be able to do that, he's only going to get better as he gets older, and he already has this instinct that is incredible to score goals. So, yes, I I hope that Gareth Southgate includes him. And I think he could actually help England, even at his young age.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think if, you know, sort of looking down the people that could go, uh, I think he'd be definitely... One that I'd, uh, you know, put in there, even if he just went for the experience, I think, you know, definitely he's proven this season how good he is and how versatile he is down that left-hand side. So, yeah, definitely I'd... uh I'd take a risk on him and sort of see how it paid off. Um, but to go from the sort of the top half of the table down to the bottom, obviously um, turn our focus now to the relegation battle. And I'll start with you first on this, uh, Rob. Obviously, I know you want Barnsley to stay up <laughs> and I, I want you to win as well, as we mentioned. So it allows yeah. Preston to hopefully get into the playoffs. With sort of the way it is as well, you know, Bolton, Burton, Barnsley, Birmingham, Reading, you know, all still can go down. There's only Sunderland who we'll get to in a bit, who are you know down at the moment. How do you sort of see the the final few games down the bottom of the table, or the final game, sorry, um, down at the bottom of the table going? And do you think that Barnsley will stay up, or do you think that they're going to get dragged down into it?
3: it? I mean, it's it's so so hard to call. There's as you said, there's five teams all trying to avoid two spots. I don't know if that's that's even uh, like ever happened before at, at this stage of a the season. There's only Burton in any sort of form. I think they've won three in a row now, and, and that can be so important at this stage of the season. But then there's only Bolton who are playing a team that doesn't have anything to play for. I think they've got Nottingham Forest. All the other teams are playing teams that have got something to play for. So you think, are they the favourites? Um, like I've said, even though I really want us to win, I'll be down there on Sunday. I fully expect us to lose. So... For me, it's probably a case of hoping that Burton and Bolton also lose. I've, I've said that for the last few weeks that I don't. I never think we're going to save ourselves. It was always going to be others that saved us. Um, I can see Birmingham and Reading losing, but even then, for me, they're not my concern. Birmingham and Reading, they're above us. I'm, I'm happy if we finish twenty-first. You know, it's right. Burton and Bolton that are the are the two main uh, concerns for me. Personally, I haven't got a clue how it's going to go. Uh, it's the last day of the season. It's chaos day absolutely anything can happen i've been involved in this three times now i went to huddersfield a few years ago uh, when we stayed up in incredible scenes in the last minute um i, I mean I, I can't say live on air that i expect us to go down I, I can't if i if i say that i might as well not go to derby next week Um so i'm going to say that us bolton and burton will all lose although i have a sneaky suspicion bolton might win but like I say, I can't say it out loud that I expect it to go down. I just think it's it's an it's really incredible quirk of the fixture computer that, you know, four of the five teams fighting to stay up and playing teams fighting to either go up or get in the playoffs. So it's it's gonna be someday and it's gonna be a long, long week. But um if I stick my neck out there, I'm gonna say all those three lose, which keeps us up on goal difference. Just
1: Yeah, I think definitely you mentioned at the end there goal difference. You know, looking at the table at the moment, you know, you're there minus 21 on goal difference. I think that Mm. is really going to play into your hands. And especially with how tight it is, that is almost worth another point in itself. Obviously, Burton have got minus 42, so exactly W. Bolton minus 36. Birmingham minus 32. There's only really Reading. (laughs) Who are minus twenty-two? Um, who already have that two-point cushion anyway? Um, even though you know they're still right in the thick of things. So I think definitely, I think Burton would be sort of the one probably that'd be sort of still in there. I think yeah. Bolton, as you said, have the sort of on paper easiest fixture um, against Nottingham Forest, but you know a, a team with sort of not much to play for. Uh, in Nottingham Forest, you know, can afford to come out and sort of really have a go and, you know, try and put on a show for the, the travelling fans. So, you know, that in itself won't be easy. Um,
3: yeah, it's going to be... Sorry, sorry, uh, sorry, I suppose at the start of the show, when you're saying about the the result of the weekend, we should probably mention Burton, because they had a massive six-pointer against Bolton uh, on, you know, yesterday. We were in the same situation a couple of weeks ago, where we had Bolton at home, and if we won, we dropped them into the relegation zone. We couldn't do it. So for Burton to do it, I think that's a, a pretty standout result as well. To in a game of that magnitude at home, all your fans wanting you to win. Uh, you know, I, I thought they were down a few weeks. I think lost five nil like at home to Hull, and for me they were gone. So what they've done the last few weeks is, you know, very very good.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, as you said, touch on that. Yeah, I've just got their uh, form guide up at the moment, and uh, yeah, she said you know, tenth of April they got me five nil at home to Hull City, which you know you wouldn't have blamed them, you know, thinking that they were down then, but, you know, credit to them the next game out, um, four days later to go and beat Derby three, one at home. And then I think their sort of big turning point result was the, the two one against Sunderland, um, last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. To go there, get, you know, a last minute winner which sent Sunderland down absolutely massive for them and it, it sort of pulled them back in content into contention and, you know, then to go away to Bolton. And those last two games have been, you know, absolute massive six massive pointers great. against two teams that are around them. So they are the team that go into the final day sort of down the bottom with you know, with the form on their side, you know, mm. hopefully for Preston's sake, uh, we can beat them. Uh, they've got a sort of a difficult trip to travel to us. But, you know, our home form this season has been so hit and miss that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. And I was saying this off air that, that Barnsley, you know, go and beat Derby to do us a favour. And then, you know, we drop points at home to Burton, which would be absolute typical of our, our home form this season. We seem to really turn it on against the teams at the top of the table and seem to struggle to break down the teams that, you know, people would expect us to be. And I think that's been our sort of main problem all season. And the reason why we'll probably just miss out on the playoffs, you know, 16 draws is the joint most in the division. And, you know, even if we'd have turned one or two of those draws into wins, you know, we'd be in the playoffs now. So I think definitely... On paper, it looks an easy game for Preston. But, you know, Burton have shown they beat Derby, um, Bolton and Sunderland over the last few weeks. So they are going to be no pushovers and, you know, they're scrapping for their life. Um, the same question to you, Russ. How do you sort of see the bottom of the table going? Do you expect it to stay the same? Or do you think that there's going to be plenty of twists and turns to come?
2: I think it's going to stay the same. And the reason why, and uh, I'm going to say this to, to Rob because um, I – Again, unfortunately, I've been watching a lot of Cardiff City matches, like I mentioned before, and one of them was against Nottingham Forest. And Nottingham Forest actually should have gotten something out of the match. I thought at times they were outplaying Cardiff City, but this is Cardiff City. This is what they do score goals on set pieces and make it difficult on you. But Nottingham Forest I, actually impressed me the way that they were playing. This is late in the season. They don't really have much to play for. I think that they're going to play with freedom. I saw this uh, with Sunderland. So, Rob, I like your chances of uh, Nottingham Forest doing a job for you against Bolton. So I think it's going to stay the same.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I think, you know, it's going to be really interesting going into that last game. Um, I think normally the focus is on the playoffs and there's, you know, more than one team that can still get in there. I think this year the focus is really going to be on that relegation battle. Um, And, you know, hopefully for your sake, Rob, you managed to, to get that win against Derby and, and do manage to stay up. Um, but one team who, you know, already down and their season has been a complete disaster, uh, there's no sort of nice way of sugarcoating it, is uh, is Sunderland. Obviously, uh, a few hours ago before we are recording this, they issued a statement that says that they've sacked Chris Coleman. And I think Chris Coleman, you know, came into you know, a job where he couldn't really win, to be honest. You know, he came in after Grayson left and, you know, he kind of had his hands tied with with the squad he was working with. Um, and then as well today, they've announced that the club's been sold. Um, go to you first on this, Russ. <laughs> where to start really with Sunderland? How do yeah. you sort of see them adapting down in League One? Do you think they can, you know, have a rebuilding process in the summer and come straight back up? Or, or what do you think the future holds for Sunderland?
2: It's a great topic, and I'm going to explain why I think I can bring something to it. Um, I was speaking to Peter Sixsmith on Cottage Talk. He writes for Salute Sunderland, and we had a discussion about ownership, what went wrong. He basically, I'm paraphrasing, was blaming ownership for the issues that they've had. This uh, situation that's been going on for for several years. This isn't just one or two years. There's been a downturn for a while, and he— told me that, uh, again, it was a rich owner, but at some point he made the decision really not to put any more money into Sunderland, but to keep them out of administration. He was still going to fund them just to keep them going and then was going to find a new owner. And now, obviously, we have a new owner. His biggest concern going down to League One, because I was telling him that I was hoping that they would bounce back and do what Wolves did. Maybe there's the potential that they go back down and then eventually they get back to the Premier League And uh, he was concerned about the debt. Well, in the statement I read with the sale of Sunderland, the the former owner now has made that club debt-free. So that gives them a huge leg up in League One. And uh, I actually like their chances of finding themselves, building around maybe a a young nucleus. They do have some young players, and uh, finding their way back to the championship and then hopefully for their sake, getting back to the Premier League. But they needed to go to the bottom of the barrel. They, I think, they finally have hit it. I think they're going to be fine in League One, and I think they're going to bounce back. And I think the news of of uh, the change of ownership, I think, is massive for, for a club like Sunderland. They needed this, and I was reading a little bit about the new owners and what, you know, who they are. And uh, I think maybe they found the right ownership because they were. Uh, what I was reading is that the former owner was looking for the right ownership. I think maybe he found the right owners to uh, to push uh, Sunderland in the right direction. So I do wish them the best. I, you know, and again, it, it, it's been a tough year. If you listen to my interview with Peter Sixsmith, you, your heart would go out to him because he's, I think he said he's 67 years old. He's seen so much and to see it go down like this has been difficult and I could hear it in his voice. And uh, I'm actually rooting for Sunderland to bounce back f- for him because I could just see the pain that he has been uh, dealing with, following the club that he loves. So I think the combination of uh, changing of ownership, getting rid of hopefully the players that don't want to be there, uh, will get them back to uh, to the championship. The start the process of rebuilding. I um, Peter 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 was against them getting rid of Chris Coleman. So I'm just going to throw that out there. He, he he wanted Chris Coleman to stay, but he had, had a feeling that, that maybe a new owner would want a new manager, which is understandable, but he was let go today. And uh, that might be a little bit of a, of a mistake because I think Chris Coleman's a good manager, but we'll see. But I do think that Sunderland will bounce back. And uh, this might be, uh, right Right now it doesn't look good, but if I look at Wolves as an example, look, look how far they came. They, they did the double drop, and now they're in great shape.
1: Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with every point you made there, Russ. I think, you know, it'd be good as well, obviously, Barnsley just been taken over to, obviously, ask you, Rob, how do you sort of see the new ownership group coming in and and doing down in League One? And do you think that this can be the start of the the rebuilding process for Sunderland to come back sort of better than they have been? Because I think, you know, this isn't a problem that's just happened overnight this season. This has been you know, probably four or five years in the making, especially from their time in the Premier League, you know, the way they sort of fell off and uh, and it's just been sort of a gradual process, really. How do you sort of see them adapting down in League One and do you think they can come back up at the first time of asking?
3: I think it's, you know, they've, they've sort of got that, that stench, haven't they, of losing week after week and, and struggling, you know, even in the Premier League, they were just staying up every of every season and when they did finally drop, they've just sort of brought that into the Championship. I think, first of all, I've got to say you've got to feel really sorry for Chris Coleman. Um, you know, I mean, when you look at the situation he was in prior to taking charge, there was a, a golden contract on the table from Wales. The entire country was desperate for him to stay. The players were coming out to the media begging him to stay. But he said, no, you know, I'm going to take this chance, massive chance, massive risk. Moved to a club in a total mess that, for me, they were already down before he went in there. You know, like I say, they've, they've had this sort of stench of losing week after week, long before he came in. um. So him now, I think, is really harsh. Obviously, these new owners want their own man, I presume, but it's it's not going to be an enviable task Whether it does come in. Uh, I don't think they'll be fighting relegation again, I must say, but I don't think they're going to storm the division either. Um, I, you know what? Even though it's probably not sounding very optimistic, I think most of them fans would, you know, take a, you know, just a stress-free, comfortable mid-table season for once. But then, that second season, they would have to go up. So this you know, they obviously feel that Chris Coleman's not the right guy to do that. I'm I'm not sure I agree with them. But um, you know, this next guy's gotta be gotta be a good good one. I mean I can talk from experience of new owners, and it's so far, we've not had him that long, but so far it's not really worked for us. They brought in an unknown guy who, like I say, on Tuesday, we we're all chanting for him to be sacked. So that's when a time where it goes wrong. So it's um I, I just feel for for Sunderland fans as well. You know, it's it must be an awful time for them. We've, we've probably all had it with our clubs over the years, where you know you get relegated. But it's um it's a massive club as well. You know, if someone could turn that club around, you look a few years ago, about ten years ago, when Roy Keane went in there and, and got up for the championship, they brought about eight thousand fans to well You know, they, there's so much potential to that club if they get it right. But it's going to be it's. I don't think they're going to come straight back up. Not at all.
1: Yeah, I think this summer is you know probably one of the biggest they've had in sort of the last decade it's you know vitally important that they do get it right this summer you know clear out and i'm not sure who'd really want to buy them at the moment but you know players like and i I can't believe he's on this much like jack rodwell who's not even turning up for training and he's sat there collecting seventy thousand pounds a week you know it's absolutely ridiculous for a player that's you know at the start of his career promised quite a lot um and obviously injuries and that have hampered that but you know (laughs) To pay someone about 70,000 a week in the championship and a team that's gone down is is absolutely ludicrous. When you think that, sort of to go to sort of from a Preston point of view, I think our highest earner is on sort of ten 15, pounds £15,000 a week. And, you know, look where we are compared to, yeah. to where Sunderland are. You know, it's, it's worlds apart. And, you know, I think. Whether they're going to release them and or not get any money for them, uh, you know, remains to be seen. But quite a lot of those players are on sort of long term contracts where you know they're happy collecting you know their wage, and you know you can't blame them. They, you know, they were offered those contracts. But I yeah. think it's vitally important that they clear out that dead ward. And, and as you said, Rob, you know they they used to lose him week in week out. So you know there's quite a sort of a, a losers mentality around the squad at the moment. And I think. So bringing a new manager, new players, you know, freshen it up over the summer. And then I think the real sort of key for them is going to be those first five or six games in League One. If they can get off to a winning start, you know, that'll put them in good stead for the rest of the season. But, you know, if if they get, obviously the fixture list is going to dictate it. But if they start off with, you know, a difficult away trip, for example, and lose their first game, you know, it's going to you know, set the tone with the fans that, you know, it's going to carry on how it has been. Yeah. So I think definitely this summer is one of the most important they've had in quite a while, you know, to get it right and and to get off to a good start next season is vitally important. Um, but just before we wrap it up, obviously one round of games to go. So for the final time this season, we'll preview our, our games for next week. Obviously, we all play Sunday at the same time, half past 12 kickoffs. Um, We'll start with you first, Russ. You go away to Birmingham City. Um, We've already talked about, you know, Cardiff's potential in the game against Reading, but sort of uh, to focus on the Fulham game, how do you see it going and and what would be your score prediction for the game?
2: Sure, before I do that, I just want to mention one thing that's going on in the lead up to this match. You guys might not be aware of this. It's actually a a pretty amazing feat that several uh, Foam supporters are doing. They're doing a foam to Birmingham walk for the charity Calm, and uh, it's a very good charity. I would recommend uh, you checking it out. It's it's for uh, men's mental health, so uh, it it it's a wonderful charity. And all of these foam supporters are are going to be walking from Craven Cottage to Birmingham City. I and mean, think about that. Think about how long that is. Yeah. Uh, so I want to give a shout out to all those guys if they're listening to the yeah, championship roundtable table because they, they have so much praise for me for doing this and they're doing it for a wonderful cause. So I just want to mention that before I get my prediction on the match. Um, Fulham have now gone undefeated in uh, 23 matches. And uh, that is unbelievable to say. So I have a feeling that they're going to be able to do it one more time. And I think they're going to get all three points. They know what's on the line. And every time pretty much that they've uh, needed to do something. They've done something. Have they gotten some draws uh, along the way? Absolutely. In some of these London derbies, uh, it's happened that way. But more often than not, they get all three points. And uh, I am expecting that they're going to get all three points on the road. And uh, so I am I'm, I am going to predict a full victory, and we'll see what happens with uh, Cardiff City and Reading. I don't have a good feeling about it, but I think Fulham are going to go out, the right way meaning getting all three points
1: yeah and to switch across to you rob obviously we touched on it a little bit but you go away to derby county which you know is a tough place to go how do you sort of see the game going and, and what would be your score prediction for the game
3: um, and just before we go into that i just want to go back to russ's point there about the, the the lads doing the walk uh, I, w- I work in a, in mental health so i also yep. want to I would give my support and if, if you can maybe uh, you could tweet some info or something like that. I'd be happy to, you know, sponsor them as well, you know, put some money into Absolutely. that.
2: Actually.
3: Yeah, brilliant. Um, Yeah, to the game, Um, like I've said, uh, I think we'll lose, you know. <laughs> we're, just, we're still brittle. We got that win against Brentford, but we're away from home, which we're not done very well away from home either this season. Um, I hate the fact that, I mean, I have, I've i done a few of these before these survival Sunday showdowns, and you can never get any signal on your phone. I think they just shut down the stadiums. So I probably won't be able to, I remember the last one I went to, I was getting texts like hours after the kickoff saying, oh, it's 1-0 here and 2-0 here. And I'm thinking the game's finished. So I don't expect to even find out what anyone else is doing. Um, We need to start well, I think. If Derby score early, I think we're in trouble. I think it could be 3-4 if we go behind early. Um, Prediction. I'm gonna say 2 0 derby. Sorry to you, James. I was impressed press to go over derby, but I just I just can't see us winning. I cannot see when they only need a point as well. Uh, full house, you know. I think derby getting like 30,000 fans. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be a full house, and I think they'll have too much for us. But hopefully, Bolton and Burton also also fought as well. Um, but it's gonna it's gonna be an awful day. I I, I hate these days. I really, I wish we was twelfth in the league. Last season was great. Finished fourteenth. Never know. We went to Newcastle on the last day. Sold out. Had a party. And now twelve months on, it's going to be a another gut wrenching day, I think. But fingers crossed. Fingers crossed we do it. Because uh, if you'd offered me this Friday night, I would have snapped your hand off. Because never in a million years, I think we'd, it would be in our hands now. So I think you know if you'd offered this to any of us on Friday, we'd have we'd have snapped your hands off. So at least we're still in that hunt.
1: Yeah, sort of, likewise, I hope you uh, beat Derby, you know, from a Preston point of view, and I'm gutted's the wrong word, but I've planned a trip to Germany, so I won't be able to to go to the Burton game, which, you know, if we do manage to get the playoffs, I'll, I'll be gutted to sort of miss out on the the celebrations of that, but to sort of preview the game, I think, you know, even though Burton, as we mentioned, have been on this this great run over the last few weeks, I think, you know, we should have enough uh, to get us over the line and get the three points against them. Um you know, hopefully for for your sake, Rob, we can do you a favour and yeah. and and beat them so they don't catch up, uh, sort of any ground on you. Um, yeah, I think we should have enough. If if we can't beat a team that's second bottom in the league, you know, we don't deserve to get into the playoffs, however slim that chance may be. Still, but you know, I think. It's a good opportunity for for the team to go out and put a show on for the fans. I'd expect it to be quite a full house with, you know, that potential to maybe get into the playoffs and with it being the last game in the season as well at home in front of our fans, you know, I'd expect it to be a good atmosphere and they've, they've been, you know, really good this season. I, I, I can't have any complaints, you know, Sure, I'd like to get into the playoffs, but, you know, if we don't, we don't. And no complaints from me whatsoever. It's been a fantastic season for us. You know, players have really stepped up who over the last couple of years have just been sort of in and around the squad. Alan Brown sort of straight away springs to mind. Real breakthrough season for him. And, you know, if we can take that form into next season, add a couple of new players in. I think we've been one or two players short this season, which will probably see us just fall short. I think, you know, we'll have a great chance of, of getting the playoffs again next season. So not doom and gloom for me if we do miss out, you know, even though I'd love to get in the playoffs and, and see where that takes us. But, you know, no complaints whatsoever. I think we will have enough to beat Burton. And if I was to go for a score, I reckon we'll probably win maybe 2-0 or 3-1 by sort of a couple of goals and, you know, hopefully put on a bit of a show for the fans. Um, That'll do for me. Yeah. That'll for me, Yeah, so hopefully you can do us a favor as well. Um, But with that, we're out of time. If you two want to let everyone know where they can follow you and any projects that you're involved in, now would be a good time.
2: Sure. I am Russ Goldman, host of Cottage Talk, a podcast all about football club. You can follow me on Twitter, Russ underscore Goldman, and also go to the Twitter account for the show, Cottage Talk
3: and I'm Rob Miles you can find me on Twitter at 21tyke and my website is www.bounsley-mad.co.uk and fingers crossed this time next week I'll still be
1: eligible to feature on the Championship (laughs) I That's
2: you so Rob (laughs) yeah
1: and you can follow me on my personal Twitter which is at underscore James Vickers Uh, I tweet mainly about Preston North End and and a few other bits and pieces as well like German football Uh, and more importantly you can follow us on the show at Championship Pod and You know, hopefully, even though we love having you on, Russ, hopefully you won't be eligible come this time next week Um, Uh, and you've managed to get into the Premier League. uh, Yeah,
2: nothing against you guys, but but I would be all for
1: that. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, But yeah, with that, we're out of time. Thank you for joining me today, guys. You know, I'm sure we'll... uh, chat next week about how the fixtures go and i'm sure there'll be plenty of twists and turns to come but yeah as always it's been a pleasure having you on and we'll see you next time
0: hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget